to On and Off the Pitch. Hello and welcome to On and Off the Pitch. Only two games in and the hype is real. Uh, what can I say? Um, lots to talk about. Uh, big scores at the weekend, big results for teams in London. Uh, and to talk about London teams, we've got Mike from Eagle Eye View. Mike, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm feeling, I'm actually feeling good. I'm actually feeling good. I'm excited, actually, about the league and what I've seen so far. But I'm also disappointed that there's already an international break and I don't know why. Yeah, it's sort of a bit of a bit of a momentum killer, um, yeah. but hopefully it'll enable us to get one or two players fit who haven't been available yet. Yeah. Okay. Look, before we get into it with you, um, teams win big in the Barclays Women's Championship. Crystal Palace, one of them. Birmingham, one of them. Posting big scores, keeping clean sheets. London City Lionesses get the points they need after a really tough encounter with their neighbours Charlton. Um, so those are the teams in and around where you guys are. And across the league, there have been a bit of a mixed bag in terms of results. Some teams not doing as well as they should. Some kind of posting the results that we thought they might, particularly with Coventry. But from a, a fan of Crystal Palace and, and an advocate of the women's game, I mean, you must be really happy with what you've seen so far. Oh, it's it's been fantastic. You know, I mean, it's been... It's been a hard graft the last few seasons. Um, obviously, last year was for us as fans was phenomenal. Um, how we played, how we played, the results we were getting, beating teams we'd never beaten before, um, doing a double over Charlton and Durham, and you know finishing fourth in the table was just phenomenal. And, and we'd massively, you know, punched above our weight effectively in terms of being part time compared to the other teams. But this summer there was a buzz. Uh, we knew big changes were happening. Uh, full time we'd heard was going to be happening, um, and then once we saw the squad list, you know it was just we couldn't wait for the for the first day. And you know it, it's it's taken some time because obviously the players, you know, when you've got fifteen new additions, that can always go one or two ways, can't it? You can you can have a massive impact, or as we saw with Coventry last season, it it, it can be take a long time to kind of get yourself going. Um, but you know, bearing in mind we've only played lower league opposition in friendlies, we've really hit the ground running and. Two tough games for very different reasons so far this season, and two wins, back to back clean sheets, absolutely, absolutely buzzing, you know. And and I, I tweeted about it yesterday. I was, well, I was talking around already, but tweeted about it yesterday for my birthday, saying, you know, what a present to be in top of the table. And and a fellow Palace fan actually said, don't get carried away. But for us, it's like I'm not saying we've won the league already, but we've never been top after a round of games. So you know, a two week international break, I'm I'm going to enjoy every minute of it while it while it lasts. Yeah, I have to be honest with you. When you win, I think you need to celebrate your wins regardless. And if you're top of the league for a week, two weeks, three weeks, you, you do celebrate those moments. And I think it's really important considering everything that has happened um, since the Euros. There needs to be kind of a feel-good factor. So, you know, for you as Palace fans and all other Palace fans in the, uh, you know, of the women's team in the championship, yeah, feel good. You know, lap it up, roll around in the hay, shout, cartwheels, do it all. Why not? Because if it was another team, they'd be doing it. So, all power well, exactly. to Exactly. A Charlton fan was last week. We had a we had a bit of a gift battle <laughs> when they said about <laughs> they would stay top of the table. And I said no. And, uh, you know, that's already been proven. But um, exactly. I mean, as, as Palace fans, 
we we we're well aware of you can go weeks without knowing when your next win is going to come. You know, in the men's and the women's team. So, and we've had some difficult times in this league trying to adapt. Um, so, you know, yeah, you've, you've got to. That's what football's about, isn't it? It's it's, in, it's enjoying it and having that buzz, and that's that's why we love it so much. And at the moment, it's just an absolutely fantastic time. And you know, long may it continue. Yeah, true. And you know, you said something earlier, and I actually, when I spoke to uh, Paula, general manager at the weekend, um, there was a bit that I I totally missed because I, I tried my best to keep abreast of everything in terms of, of the game and, and the championship. Totally didn't see the fact that they'd gone professional. You know, I'd missed it all. So when I was told, I was like, oh, really? Wow. And they've changed their training regime when they train. You know, so it's a it's a very different mix from what it was last season. But also, as you mentioned, you know, you bring in that many players, you're kind of biting your nails a little bit, thinking, how long is it going to take these players to bed in before we actually start to see the results or even get close to what we saw last season? And I have to be honest, someone who is, you know, I like the club. I'm attached to the club in a way that I go and see them. But I've seen the difference. I've seen the difference from what, how they were performing last season and and just in two games it's so stark the 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 step up of in terms of ability in terms of confidence in terms of game plan it's it's really good to see really good to see for the championship in terms of teams actually saying this is what we're going to do and we're going to we're going to actually throw everything at it to make this work for us. Absolutely. And kind of to take what you said in two parts. Firstly, I think a lot of people would have missed about us going full time. It's not really been kind of a big fanfare publicly put out there. Um, mm. Steve Parrish wrote a news article and it was kind of mentioned in that. Um, I was kind of aware of it via other means, but there's not really been a massive, you know, like, anything really saying we've gone full time now, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it, other than looking at the squad and the investment that's gone in the squad, it would probably be easy for a lot of people to have missed it. But mm. but you're right. I mean, the thing is, like, like for us, last season was a huge step because before last season, we were training twi- two nights a week and then playing a match day. And you could yeah. see that. You could see we would, if we even if, you know, against better teams, we might get to half time doing okay. And in the second half, we would... That, you know, we could end up losing two or three nil because tiredness, you know, the crispness the other teams had, we just didn't have it. And last season, when we switched to four nights a week, you could see it for the first time, you know, that, that real change in um, our, our stamina, our fitness, our, our quality levels. Um, and this season, it, it's just tenfold because, you know, we're still doing the same amount of training sessions, but they're in the day instead of the evening. So you're not getting players having to go and, do a full, you know, a full job all day, and then get down for training in the evening. Um, but also the quality that we've brought in. I mean, our, our play at times, both at London City and uh, against Coventry on the weekend, some of our play is just sublime. You know, we've got a moment still where you can see the team still kind of bedding in, and I think we probably created all of Coventry's chances for them with a bit <laughs> of loose passing. You know, that and an offside was their best player, but. Yeah, you know, but some of our some of our interplay, the the, 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 swift, the swift Chris Parsman doing one touch pass and move pass, you know, you know, it's just phenomenal. And and some of the players we've brought in, the talent levels are just, it's just it's just a dream to get to watch it in a Palace shirt. You know, it's been absolutely phenomenal. And and people are already standing up and taking notice, which is what you want. 
you know, yeah. uh, people are going, well, wait a minute, wow, they look great. And, you know, and that's what's going to lure people down. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, you know, I didn't think that Palace would start off so well, I'll be honest with you. Um, like you probably with the, the players coming in, you, you do think it's going to take some time, but it has been a, a very seamless kind of project put together. And, you know, after the game, I spoke to um, Blanchard, very down to earth, very, you know, humble, you know, all, and mentioning all of the players have bought into what they're trying to do. They bought into it. They're not trying to see how it goes. They've come in and they've bought into it straight away. And and when you get that kind of mindset from one of the players, and you and you can see that the way that they play the game, you know, right to the bitter end, ninety fourth, ninety fifth minute, everyone's pressing, everyone's challenging for the ball, then you you can see that that something has taken shape already. That give it five, six games, it will become. Well, not, I don't want to use the word unstoppable, but the momentum will be seismic, you know, because this is not a very big league. Let's be honest, there's only 12 teams. So once you start to pull away, or you go in a particular direction at a particular speed, everyone will start to look and see what you're doing and they will start to talk about it much more. And I think that's already starting to happen with Crystal Palace. And again, it's only two games in and anything can change. But as you mentioned, the style of play, very, very good. Um you know, I want to ask you about the formation and the game that we saw, right? What formation are Crystal Palace playing? Come on, tell me. Because I'm looking at it and I'm 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 guessing, I'm thinking, okay, is it is it three three four? Is it three four three? Is it what is it? Well, basically, so three centre backs. Uh, yeah. we swooped to it last season when we we had the run. Um I don't remember when we got hammered by Liverpool, London City and, and Bristol. Yeah. Yeah. And that we were playing the 4 for 3 at the time, which was great yeah. with Shiv and B in the wings. But once we got found out defensively, we were struggling. And um, Dean and Marzi put in this formation because it was far more solid. Mm. But we played um, with two strikers in it, which I think was catching teams unawares. Because normally when you go to the effective five at the back with wing backs, you play one up front. Um, but we didn't. So we're playing mm. the three centre-backs. Um, and then we've got wing backs in Polly and Izzy currently. And then mm. the midfield, effectively, it's a three. You normally have one player slightly deeper, which has been Chloe R for the first two. Mm. Um, and then normally Coral's the most advanced of the three. But when you look at it this time, because we've got the out-and-out striker who has been Elise Hughes and, and Molly Sharp um, in respective games. But it's hard to say where Annabelle plays because normally I'd say like last season, she would have been the second striker in this formation. But... She's everywhere. And if you watch, mm. if you study just her performance during a game, yeah. she drops so she drops deep. I mean, at times she's in our half getting the ball, getting us moving, and then she gets herself forward while we work the ball around. Mm. And she's then just left. She's just right. She's up with the striker. She's the furthest forward, you know. So mm. I think it is effectively the the, the five at the back slash three, for, you know, when the wingbacks push forward, three mm. midfield, and then the two up top. But Annabelle is very much in a, 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 a free roaming, almost like your Zaha role in a way, you know, free roaming. And and our wing backs this time, because we, we did wonder, obviously, with Shiv leaving, B leaving, yeah, we kind of lost our two wingers. And we wondered, yeah. well, what we're we going to do? Because we didn't, we didn't really sign effectively out and out wingers as such. Um, but again, if you watch how we play both games, 
our wing backs in, in Izzy and Polly get so high up the pitch that they're like they're like wingers. I mean, they had I think against London City most of our shots on target were them. Yeah, you know, so it's a real it, that it's a, it's a solid base, and I think it's yeah. just it's mainly like the five three two or three five two. You know, I never really know how to word it with the wing backs. <laughs> it's it, you know what it. It, it, I mean, you're. I mean, I just want to say one thing. I think, in terms of the way that Palace set up um, Coventry to speak on their behalf, they they set out, and it would look like this is what it looked like to me. They looked like they didn't want to concede within the first forty-five. They had like five or six at the back. They played really deep, and they they didn't have enough midfield support to their striker up front. So they were inviting pressure on, and it looked like, especially in the second half when it kicked off. There was four Palace players in a line at the front. It just I just thought, wow. So that's what I, that's when I, I kind of asked the question, what is the formation? Because you can have wingbacks that kind of push into midfield. But I've never seen wingbacks go that at, from the kickoff stand like on the, the halfway line. 4 at times, isn't it? Yeah. Remember the old, I remember playing as Cubs, 4 2 four. Yeah. At times it is like that. Yeah, and I'm like thinking, wow, are they are they wingbacks? Because they're so advanced. They were in line with the two strikers. And even when they were under pressure, Palace, they, they, you know, they stayed wide, they kept their shape and they didn't drop too deep because I think it really, I mean, I have to watch the game again to see the way that the midfield two, Arthur and Riley drop off and, and protect the back three because they do oh, a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of work that's not noticed. And, they're never more than 10 yards away from one another. They move as a pair. They move. And the relationship between them is really good. And you mentioned about Blanchard dropping deep. I mean, her link-up play with um, Isabel is phenomenal. And just... And, and even in the first 45, um, it looked like she, um, Blanchard and Haynes were the only two that were actually running from the midfield. So everyone else kind of kept their position, but they were running with the ball. So it's almost like I said, right, when you get the ball, you run. We'll we'll move the ball around between us, but you are the runners. And then I think after the first 25, they switched. Switch switch position in midfield. So they, they went over to the other flank. Re- I'm really impressed. I mean, it was, it's, it was really hard for me to kind of put a finger on one standout player from that game because it, it really was a team performance. I mean, if you look at, like our, I say with our movement, I mean, like last season, Coral's role was always, she was at the head of the midfield. She was yeah. our, our, our creative spark. She can do things that no one else in our team could do. And so she kind of was in that central role. You look at her now, and I've watched, I was watching when we were at London City, and if Izzy cuts inside, Coral drifts outside. The the movement, you never really, as an opposition team, it must be so hard to work out who to pick up at times. And mm. you say with Coventry, like you say with Coventry, I think I'd imagine they must have looked at the London City game because our success when we got going against London City was we'd get the ball into the middle and Cole's movement, Annabelle's movement, we were little part intricate passes inside and then playing a fruit a fruit ball through the, the heart of the defence to Polly or Izzy on the wings who were who were right up front. Mm. And I think you know, as you say, they Coventry that first half compact the back line. And I don't know if you noticed, but we tried time and time again. It was like getting the ball on the edge. Like someone would get it on the edge of the D with the aim of playing uh, that, that cut-through pass through the middle of them 
the defence, so someone's run onto in the box, and it didn't work because they had mm. so many people there. We either overhit the pass or it just wasn't getting through. And it, the goal in the end took a fantastic ball from Fields, who's because yeah. I mean, our, our, I mean, Coral was running through their team. I mean, our centre backs were getting pushing, were running up with the ball unchallenged deep into the Coventry half. You know, that's how much space we were getting until that final third. It took a, a beautiful pass like, outside of the foot down the side of uh, the Coventry defence where Molly's then found the freedom because I think they were so compact in the middle. She's found the freedom, got in it and smashed it in. And then after that, the, the space, I think, as they started to tire as well, we just, as Annabelle comes to life, you know, and, and it was just, it was just killing them. And, and it says a lot, I, mean, I, I joked earlier about we created most of their chances, but it was really, if you look at any, their main chances was us, where we were perhaps silly little passes, you know, just the simple things where we were giving the ball away and, and they were resorting. I mean, we scored the first goal and at the kickoff, they had a shot. And yeah. in the second half, yeah. I mean, every shot they had was someone, it's like someone's just got in the half and it's, you're never going to score. Yeah. And they've never had the power on it, but it was just like, it's always, you know, just to, to have a go because they yeah. that it's a really chance, what, you know. It's, it, I mean, it, what, what that would do is um, act as part of the stats, you know, shots on target because, you know, yeah. the, kid, the keeper had to pick it up and collect. So that, that, that counts. Um, but, you know, Coventry for their, I mean, they've had their own issues. We all know that about what's happened with them. They've got new players um, with some of their established players from the previous season moving on. Um, players that had previously worked with Lee Birch when he was at London Bees. You know, there was a bit in my, my mind thinking, you know, what's their fitness like after being away from the championship and coming back into a championship team, knowing that the the, the level of fitness has increased in the time that they've been away, what that must have been like for them in terms of trying to compete against Crystal Palace team who were very, very composed, very confident, very focused in what they were trying to do. And, you know, from, from Coventry's point of view, I would say that this is a kind of game that they didn't want, came around too soon. They're still trying to find their feet. They're still trying to, you know, get their identity uh, going from, you know, from once being part-time to being professional, now going back to being part-time, what that means for them in terms of their training regime. So uh, you're right, every time they kind of stepped over the the, the halfway line, uh, pot shots from a distance, were it, it would seem their best. Well, apart from the one time they, they put the crossover and Annabelle Johnson did a fantastic clearance, which almost, she almost volleyed yeah. it into her own, which would have been probably the best own goal of, of the last three seasons. But uh, <laughs> the keeper was was more than a match. <laughs> yeah, and, and but that's the thing is, I mean, in Fran, just mentioned the keeper, but we've, yeah. I mean, we've got a goalie in there, I mean, top quarterly. She's been golden gloves in this league twice, you know, and it doesn't often make a difference. I said to, to Phil, who I did the show, the pods with the other day, and you know, I think you always, when you've got a keeper at the back that everyone is so confident in, it changes the, the format of the team. And I use the example of when we used to have Julian Sproni in goal and you watched our team play. And then when he was injured and when Hennessy went in goal, we were so much more nervous. You know, it, 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 it makes a massive difference. And, you know, we've had some decent goalkeepers, but Fran so far is, is another level. And we, it builds from the back. And you can tell the, the defence are confident in her because she claims everything. She's solid. She's organised, you know, and it, it, it makes a massive difference. And as you say, it's 
sometimes in those games, isn't it? When you're playing a team where, because I think we had 75% possession was the overall stat. Um, and I've heard, I'm hearing that we've possibly smashed the record for passes in a game as well. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. But when you have it's those kind of games, isn't it? That's when a goalkeeper sometimes, you you still the real test of a quality keeper is when you've had nothing to do. And then all of a sudden you've got, you've got to pull something out of the bag, you know, and being switched on and still being focused and all that for it. And, and we've got that with Fran and, and, and AJ done it. She done it against London City last week with the, the tackle in the 87th minute, I think it was. Yeah. Which is a superb tackle. tackle. Super, yeah, superb was, tackle. You, you, you mistime it and you're either getting sent off or you're getting nowhere near it in a scoring. And it was yeah. an absolutely superb tackle. So, um, yeah, at the moment it, it, it's flowing throughout the team. And, and if you don't mind me just quickly saying, but you mentioned earlier about like the, the kind of players you brought in. One of the things that's been really strong with us is the togetherness of the team last season the players were so tightly bonded you know the atmosphere there was just top that was one of the that was, it was one of the reasons why we were so successful and in palace in the in both the men's and the women's sides the big thing now is we, we look at character as much as anything when we're signing a player you know who fits in with what we're setting up here who fits in with our ethos and I know throughout the summer, um, this is another thing we've done. So the players that have come in, we've not just looked at what can they give us on the pitch, tactically, skill-wise, etc. But will this person fit in with what we're building in, you know, off the pitch? In with, will they fit in with this group? And everything I've heard has said that you know, they, it's like they've been together years, and that, you know, mm. within a couple of weeks. I mean, that's where you get players. I always feel like Lee Nickel, who are so important, who don't necessarily get the game time, but. Mm. The, Type of fantastic person that they are, you know that is that is where her her strengths really come in for Palace and why she's so important to us because, you know, she is the kind of person that builds those bonds with teams. You know that you can't help but think what a fantastic person she is, and we've got that throughout the team. And it's one of the things that we we, we really look at now with the players. Yeah, I mean, I, I think she should get some more game time, but I don't manage the team. <laughs> um, I did. I did speak to to James after the game and asked a couple of questions. And you mentioned something about the the run last season. And it it wasn't until I got home that it dawned on me. You can learn from a bad experience, right, in in, in life. And I think in football, you're meant to do that, especially when you lose. But it seems to me that Crystal Palace didn't just learn from what happened last season when they had that, that that, that run of games where they lost to, to Liverpool in quite in a quite convincing fashion, actually. Yeah. That they didn't just learn about their own performance. They looked at what Liverpool did and said, we're going to copy that. And I'm again, I don't want to speak too, too forward in terms of what I think Crystal Palace may or may not do going forward. But when you play in a particular way, and you're not used to seeing it like that, then you just think, wow, that's looked really good. And it made me think back to when Liverpool visited Crystal Palace and the way they moved the ball around in the midfield and they were really confident on the ball. And, you know, Palace weren't necessarily, they were, they were, they were playing out from the back and the passes weren't necessarily meeting the other player. Um, there were more back passes than there were forward passes. So they invited pressure on. None of that was present in the, in the fixture against Coventry at all. The back three all knew that we could go side to side, hardly went back to the keeper. 
always looked forward, ran into space, moved the ball forward quickly. And, it, and, and then I thought, okay, so it's not just about team bonding. You can look at a result and think, this is what happened to us. And we need to make sure that we take on board what we saw and implement that ourselves. And I, and, and I don't know if I'm being too bold or I'm reaching too far, but that's what I, I thought I saw in the last game against Coventry. What do you think to that? Yeah, I think, you know, and you mentioned the Liverpool game. We went into that as well, high on confidence. I think we Indeed. were unbeaten. We just beaten Durham away. We were unbeaten mm-hmm. um, in like seven games. It's like, well, our best ever run in the league. And they, within the first, I think the first three minutes, they already had five corners, something like that. They were all yeah. over us. And you're right, we never got into the game. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, we do. Whether they've looked at Liverpool specifically and said, right, well, how do they do it? Can we do that? I don't know. Um, but they are, I know we've done, because with Marzi came in, he came in, I believe, last, the start of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've worked on building a setup throughout the team that is slowly being implemented over time. So the passing out from the back was started all through last season. <laughs> we did, I remember after one of the games, we ended up having a, Marzi ended up coming over to talk to us because we were all going like, for goodness sake, just hit it long. Just hit it long. We keep giving the ball away, yeah. you know. And But, yeah. you know, it, sometimes it's, yeah, it's, you've got to get those players in as well. And, for us, it was fine in the formation because, I say, we were 4-3-3 three, three for a while and we were catching people out of our pace. But once people found that out, which is what happened, Liverpool, with their ability, just, just tore us apart um, mm-hmm. because we were defensively vulnerable. And then it happened at Bristol and then London City did it. And, you know, um, so it, I think the change of formation has been one of the big things um, mm-hmm. because going to what we switched into what we did, after a couple of games of, of working in it, it actually enabled us to be more defensively solid, but with the two up top still have an attacking outlet and then work on our game. And then this this season, we've brought in some real talented, you know, internationals, some real talented players um, who can enhance that. So you may, you may well be right in terms of they've looked at Liverpool and gone, you know, can, that's how they've done it. Can we, you know, can we use that model? Um, or knowing that Dean and Mars in that, it's probably something they've been, working on for a while and it's just getting the the tools in place to be able to do it because I think the problem sometimes with the championship you say there's only 12 teams in it so you're only yeah. playing only playing 22 games in a season when you get to the second half of the season there's loads of gaps because in the first half you've got at least the Conte Cup for hmm, that competition yeah. but yeah. you know I've got my opinions yeah. on it but you've got yeah. those games at least to go in there second half of the season I mean I think if we, we played our last game was in the Conte Cup early December, and we didn't play for nearly six weeks again. Yes, yes. You know, and then we played one game, and then we didn't play for two weeks. And second half yeah. of the season, especially if you go out of the cup, the FA Cup early, which we did, there's so many gaps that it's really hard to build momentum. And then you then pick up injuries, which would then knock players out. Do you know what I mean? So it's mm. it's not as easy. Whereas sometimes, like you know, the Premier League, we lost on the Saturday. Well, we've got a quick turnaround to, to do something about it tonight, for example. Um, yeah. I think you lose a bit of that at the moment in the women's game while there's less games around. So it is harder sometimes. It takes a bit more time to to implement the process. Yeah, and I think also as well, you talk about the second half of the season. If you're if you're a team that you're not pushing for promotion and you're not fighting relegation, you've got the the other tricky scenario of dealing with players who probably might be thinking, I'm moving on now. I've only got a year's contract. And I've now got to start looking at another club um uh, where am i going to be based all of those things 
that as fans we kind of don't think about day to day but those those are the realities of of the women's game that there are no four five-year contracts where they can say i'm here i'm, I'm not going anywhere it's yeah. it's very different so when you've got the second half of the season not enough fixtures big gaps in the calendar and then you're not challenging for anything then you, you you get a drop off in performance or you and you get a drop off in results and i think that's unfortunate in terms of of the championship and the wsl actually and the wsl because they both got the same number of teams so so that's it i want to ask you a question about a particular player um uh, everett um she's playing in the back, back three eight yeah amy playing in the back three now what was it? I'm sure she was in midfield last year. Am I correct? Am I? Yes, she she, she started off. She was the defensive midfielder. So right. in the four three three, she was the deepest and would shield the back line. And then yeah. when we switched to the the three centre backs, um, she was still in the, the defensive version of the midfield until the last couple yeah. of games. I, I have to say, I didn't realise Dean had to correct me after one of my pods. I I didn't realise. I, I said in uh, one of the, one of the games towards the end that. Amy was coming into the back three to get the ball. And then uh, he did correct me and said she was in the back three. Three, but yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. switched her because what we had last season, um, yeah, we had, we moved her into the back, in the middle of the back three with AJ on one side and Gracie Pierce was on loan from Spurs on the other. And yeah, we needed it because like AJ, when she came to us, was a right back. She got player of the season at right back. And her, her strength, from a fan point of view, we feel her strength is in that kind of role where the, ta- the, the as you say the interception she made against um coventry that tackle against london city that is the kind of things you normally see from a fullback if you know what i mean that's where mm. her strength lies but we were struggling with the distribution from when emily was giving the ball to aj or gracie at the back and then we weren't moving it enough which is why we were losing the ball amy came dropped into the center back role and with the, the talent with the ability that she's got she could move it quick. I mean, we were playing a comedy, I think it's like Blackburn, and she would bring out the ball with a with a little you know, like a shuffle out through past the attack. So we were clear of that offensive line before we then moved the ball on. So we weren't giving the ball away just outside our box, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, she's moved into the heart of the mid of the back line. Um yeah. so the last couple of games of last season, and we knew she that's where she was gonna start this season. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the reason I mentioned her name. For me, um, that's a shout out to her because she was composed and you could see that she was leading that group. Uh, Despite AJ's presence, you could see that her position set the tone for everyone around her, which is, you know, for someone who was in midfield previously, to know where you need to be positionally is a good thing. Um, And when you've got someone in that position who is... Uh, visibly competent on the ball, everyone around them can see that that's how they play and they've got to match that and 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 be level with her performance. And I, I thought, wow, okay. Everyone else can get their flowers in terms of how well they played. But I thought in in her position, she did a very, very good job. And, and I think she's going to be really instrumental. Um, well, she, she, got, she got the um, official club player of the season last year. Yeah, um, that's voted on by all the all the staff and the team, yeah. and she was uh, on the shortlist for the Eagle Eye Player of the Season. Yeah, and she's one of those players where a lot of people, because of, a lot of people don't realise how much work she does. Um, I always find that I, I love 
defensive midfielders. I've always, I've always I'm sure Derry, Milliard, and that Hughes. I like those kind of players that just, yeah. you know, they're so integral. But because, especially I think these days, everything's about goals and tricks and attacking, yeah. isn't it? That's what everyone, that's the bread and butter everyone loves. But for me, I love that player who can, who just can, controls it from the back, who just keeps his tidy, who's, you know, runs the team on, on the quiet. And that's what she did. She she was fantastic through last season. And she's only 20 years old as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, absolutely fantastic. But a lot of people didn't just didn't notice it because we were scoring more goals than we'd ever scored before. Uh, attacking play had been the best it, it'd ever been. So people didn't necessarily notice just how good a job she was doing. Um, but absolutely, she will continue. I mean, you know, continue to to grow and grow. And she's one of the players that is in the spine of the team that the team is built around. And then having others come in now, she's got and a Philby on beside her is only going to help her game improve even further. She's got Chloe Arthur international in front of her. Chloe Peplo, who was injured on Saturday, was an absolute yeah. beast against uh, London City in front of her. You know, the players that were coming around are just going to keep enhancing the talent that, that Amy has clearly shown in her first year at such a young age. Yeah, I mean, I've got to do, I thought to myself, we're going to talk about, uh, we've talked about other players, but I thought it's always good, like you say, the player that doesn't get the praise that everyone ignores or doesn't pay attention to because they don't do anything flash in the game, but is, is integral to what happens at the back. And uh, yeah, definitely, definitely really good. Shout out to Amy. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Um, right before I, I know we talked to, we've talked quite a bit about Palace. I've, I've, I've done. done my, I've, yeah, I know I've done my best to kind of uh, mention Coventry. So pl- forgive me, Coventry fans, but you know we've done. I need to talk about one more player in particular before I kind of go on and talk about some of the other results that happened in the league. Um, young lady, um, Sibley. That's it. That's all I've got to say. I don't know if I've ever seen a player as exciting as her in the women's game. That's it. That's all I've got to say. I don't know. It's not even a question, Mike. It's just... Well, I'll ask you a question. Do you know when she made a debut last season? No. The five, the the the, the four nil Liverpool defeat. Really? Just come out. Yeah, we just signed her from America, um, and we didn't know we didn't know anything about her because, unfortunately, you know, trying to get information is is so difficult, which is why we we do what we do. Um, but you know, she, we she just signed her. We didn't really know. We'd heard she was a winger, um, and she came on for I think it's for B in that game. Um, yeah, but a tough game to come on for. I think it was, we were already four 0 down by that point, and mm. she came on. And she was kind of in and out, like really more a few substitute appearances at the beginning, and we didn't really know what we had in a player. And then when we switched the formation, um, she played, I think, a wing back on both sides at one point, um, and got a run in the first team where we started to pick up a few injuries, um, playing at wing back for the rest of the season. And we did Phil and I did our our, our Palace Championship teams, we're picking we had to pick players for across the the four seasons we've been up. And I put her in mind, and he didn't. And I keep reminding him that he didn't. And <laughs> but for me, because I just thought, you know, in that wingback role, if you're playing that formation, she was starting to show some good signs. But wow, the player that has turned up this season is just absolutely 
phenomenal. And um, I think Marzi was quoted as saying that she doesn't realise how good she is. Well. And and the thing is, and she looks like, do you know what? Because she's quite, uh, it's quite slight. You look at her and you think she'd be easily pushed off the ball a little bit, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, deceptive. No, she just, honestly, as I say, she's defensively solid. And going forward, she's been a, a whole different player this season. And, right. I, you know, I think I'd imagine getting some consistent game time, um, the training we're doing, having, again, enhancing the players around her who then, their ability stepped up, which is enables her ability to shine a bit more. You know, because you know sometimes when you sign a player like like when we signed Kabai, for example, and mm. his thinking was two steps ahead of what some of the players we had were thinking. If you know what I mean? Once you then enhance that around in the players around them, you really starts to click. Um, and yeah, she's been absolutely phenomenal. You know, she she could have had a hat trick against London City, and she was superb again. And I don't know if you heard. I don't know where you were at the ground. I don't know if you heard our song. Uh, but yes, I was there. I heard your song. I did. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 was, I was having a car up with that at half time. We were rehearsing it. Yeah. <laughs> I worked the name in. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's um, yeah, no. She's been she's been absolutely fantastic, and I think it's incredible to say because when you look at the other side, Polly is an absolutely superb player as well. Yeah, and, and yeah. A, a double champ, a double title winner at twenty. But yeah, it's I mean, so phenomenal that you it, it, people haven't necessarily mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean. Uh... There are, there's a lot of talent in the Palace team, you know. And I, when, you know, Shiv and Bianca left last year, I was thinking, oh, God, blimey, what's happening here? What are they going to do? You know, two games in, I don't think anyone's really saying anything like that right now. You know, you, you, the the what what was past or what is past is past and what is now is now. She's now. Yeah, and not even just she's not even just now she's now and she, the future so good um so good it's unreal um i'm not a scout for a team just to let you know i'm not trying to you know <laughs> tap her up or anything like that people are think oh he's a scout no no but when you when you see when you see players who have a natural ability um she has an athletic running style Footballers have a particular style when they run. You see it, they run in a particular mm. way. Her style is more of an athlete's run. It's 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 fluid, it's graceful. And then when she's on the ball, um just what she does within the first few seconds of, of touching the ball, she makes sure that she touches it with both feet. And I did speak to her after the game and I said, normally what will happen, a player will touch the ball with their predominant thoughts. If they're right-sided, they'll run, they'll touch it two, three, four times. And the defender or the opposing player will see them and think, right, I know what you're going to do. I'm going to push you inside so you can't use your predominant foot. With Sibley, very different. Comfortable on both. Anyone who's marking there is going to have a nightmare because they won't know which way she's going to go. Top, top talent. And if you can do that at such a young age, in any game, whether it's the men's game or the women's game, doesn't matter. I'm talking about just being a footballer. It is a phenomenal thing to have. And and also the fact that she probably thinks that she's not doing anything special, but she is. It's just amazing, an amazing player that Palace have on their hands. Absolutely amazing. And she needs to know, she doesn't realise how good she can be. That's the scary thing. Absolutely, and and you know, as, as a fan, it, it's it's so nice to hear other people 
praise your players because you know, I suppose when we've in the earlier seasons and stuff, everyone talks about the other teams because they're high up the table and the talent they've yeah. got. And and now for us, I mean, we can't help talking about it because it blows us away every week at the moment. But it's so nice when you see, when other people outside of the club recognise what we've got going on, what the players are doing, the talent that we've got in that squad. And it's just a, you know, as you, as you said earlier, the more we play together, the yeah. more potential this team has got to, in a really difficult league, but, you know, it's got the potential to really be incredible. It, 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 <laughs> it really does. And, um, you know, I think uh, Blanchard mentioned something about that uh, when we spoke and she said, you know, the possibilities of the team, if they continue the hard work that they put in, you know, could be some could be quite something. But very humble about it because it's only two games in. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of work to be done. Um, well, as a yeah. Palace fan, I, I naturally expect that I'll be here in, in January going, "How are we eight? Have we? Have we?" <laughs> 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 it's the kind of thing we do, you know. We're like, we'll, we'll be sitting there going, "Wow, we, we could win this league," and then we'll be sitting there going, "Remember that time when we were top after two yeah. games?" Blame the Conti Cup. Blame the Conti Cup. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't want to swear there, but you know, I think we come from the same book in terms of the Conti Cup. We'll just, we'll we'll leave it at that. (laughs) Um, Right. Are you going to be able to stick around while we go through some of the the results? Excellent. Right. Uh, For those who have stayed with me, thank you. Uh, We're going to actually go and talk about the results in the other games just after this. You just never know what you're going to get in football. This is On and Off the Pitch, a sporting podcast. I know, it's a short little break, but we're still here. Um, Right, away from the the domination of uh, Crystal Palace... Um, was going to run through the scores and uh, one of the teams that we'll go through is that they scored big. Uh, Sunderland were at home and they took a huge beating, a second half beating from Birmingham. Uh, Birmingham scored four goals and uh, I believe a, a Siobhan Wilson was on the score sheet as well. Yeah, Did you catch was, any yeah. of that? You, you happy, I, happy I for... Um, oh, I'm happy for, I'm happy for Shiv. Um, yeah. I, I didn't catch any of it. We were Watching the Man City game at the time, uh, we're watching now. And then, on, and then on our way, we, we left. We left the, at Phil's house, and I think she just scored. And by the time we got to Hayes Lane, they scored another two. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I mean, she by the sounds from what I've heard as well, is the, the screamer. So yeah. I mean, I, I, she's she's a great player. You know, she's, she's yeah. been fantastic for us, and you know, I wish her all the best for this season. Hopefully, she has the second best. Season of the team. <laughs> uh, hopefully, in two weeks' time, she has a really terrible performance. I won't lie because it's yeah. It's, uh, I was going well. Um, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. But you know, yeah, she's she's a great player, and yeah. you know, um, it doesn't surprise me that she's gone to a top team in this league. Mm. Um, you know, and you know what we? I, I don't know if you've seen. I, I started. Uh, I'm doing a predictor league this season for the championship, just to kind of you know, boost a little bit of talk around the league and everything. And I think only one person predicted Birmingham to win. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, last week, yeah. I think we had them all to win. We all had them to win. But after the nil-nil with Lewis and yeah. Sunderland going to Durham and drawing and, and Sunderland are, you know, a good young team, very good manager there in, in the history that they've got, which is probably ignored far too much. 
I mean, yeah. you know, they are, I think, a large percentage of the Lionesses yeah. has come from Sunderland, you yeah. know, and it's it's not known. Um, so, yeah, I think the way that they are, we, we all thought Sunderland would get a result here. And, um, well, boy, how wrong were we? Um, <laughs> but ironically, I think two weeks ago, we probably would have predicted the Birmingham win, but, you know, they're a good, good team. I think they've kept most of their side that came down. And they've added yes, several they players as well. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a difficult league. No team has come down and gone straight back up. Yeah. Um, well, so and I'm hoping is, that stays the case. This well, this, this, is, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is it. This is it. This is it. We'll, we'll see what happens. Only two games in. Um, but no, they've done really, really well. And uh, scoring... Um, Four goals, and, and um, for them, it's going to be a huge boost to their confidence. Right, Sheffield United were at home. They were playing Durham, uh, Courtney, Sweetman, Kirk with two uh, for them. So getting two goals, and they win by two goals to nil, and they get all three points. So happy days for Sheffield United fans. Uh, Lewis, who were um, ahead in this game by two goals, see Southampton, new to the championship, come back and score two. Um, I, don't, I mean, like, you probably didn't see this at all, but I was really surprised that Lewis let this slip. Really surprised. Yeah, really I think surprised. Lewis, are a, they've always been a tough team. Um, we're guaranteed to play them away in the Conti Cup every season. Of course. Um, but but they're, they're a tough team, you know, a really well-run club. But I think they are, They fought, they, their squad this season is quite thin. I think, so they've got mm. a good first 11, but I think they're, they're lacking in numbers. Mm. Um but Southampton have gone big money wise. Obviously, they come up this summer. They've they've really backed the team. They went out. They've got Katie Wilkinson there, who has been top scorer in this league twice. Obviously, she's still got nine goals in a struggling Coventry team last season. I know. So they, I think, a lot of us have predicted them to have a really good season. And obviously, they lost two 0 opening day. So it's a bit of a, it's been a very weird couple of weeks because. Um, obviously, Lewis drew away at the Birmingham. We all expected them to have a heavy defeat, but as you say, this time turn it up and they've thrown it away. But yeah. we all thought Southampton to start well, they've only got a point, had to come from behind. Um, and you mentioned just quickly, but you mentioned like the Sheffield United Durham game. Well, Durham normally are a top four, top three team in this league, struggled yeah. last season and they've had a poor start this time. Sheffield United lost six of their main players in the summer, including Fran yeah. to us. Yeah. Had a poor lot poor time last week, and you know what a result this time. And Courtney Sweetman Kirk, great striker in this yeah. league. So it's been yeah. it, it almost doesn't surprise me in a way that, that that Lewis have thrown it away because at the moment consistency we, it's hard to t- see where a lot of these teams are um, at the moment. I know it's early early days, but it's it's going to take a few weeks I think for a lot of it to settle down. Yeah, it will. It will, and I, I, I believe that goal difference is going to be a key as well as points. I think it's always about goals conceded, uh, and short league, not many teams. It, it doesn't take too long uh, for you to feel slightly despondent if you see um, no points and a huge goal difference. Uh, and so, yeah, um, for those that uh, don't win soon, um, I know how you're feeling, but. Uh, Never fair. Just, there are more very games. Quickly, if you, very quickly, if you don't mind, just to emphasise that. Last season, Liverpool, who won the league, only conceded 10 goals. It yeah. was eight before the last day of the season when they changed their team up. We came fourth and we had a negative goal difference. Yeah, I think we're the only team in the top seven to have a negative yeah, goal yeah, difference. Yeah. But you're yeah. right, it is all about because scoring goals, obviously, but in this league, it's all about keeping those shutouts. 
um, as much as you can, which is why something we never ever do. We always joke that we don't keep clean sheets. So you, you're right. It, goal difference is going to be massively key this season. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be huge. Um, another team that was in the top four, Bristol at home, Blackburn, who had a kind of odd middling, low middling season last year. Uh, Bristol with a two nil win. Uh, Shania Hells, formerly of Aston Villa women from the WSL, comes down to the championship and gets her first goal. Uh, for Bristol, nice uh, for her. Good to see. Very attacking player, forward thinking, quick on the ball. So really happy for her and happy for Bristol. Hi DM, hi Nat, hi Shahan. Got to say hello to them, otherwise they'll just pep on my WhatsApp and saying, "Why didn't you say something?" Um, well, they're, they're a great team, Bristol. They are. They were. They, they, they were my my pick before all the stuff in the summer. Even still, then my pick for winning the league this year. To say they they last season had to rebuild the team. Mm. Great, I think a few more games in the last season. If the team was the season a bit longer, they'd have been able to push Liverpool and Abby Harris. I mean, Abby Harris hasn't scored yet. That's and they still won those games. That's, that's the thing. That's scary. You know, she's got 19 yeah. goals last season, I think it was. She yeah. hasn't got one yet, and they've won both games no, and not conceded. One. They're ahead well, of that the says, and that says something about it. them. Yeah, that says something about yeah. them and, and what they've got going. And Abby Harrison, I think, um, a very underrated striker. There's quite a few in this league, but she's definitely underrated. Really hard working, holds the ball up well, actually runs really well with the ball, and, and not afraid to get physical. With the centre backs, and uh, which is a game that I did see last year when they went to Bristol, when they went to London City Lionesses, and really upset the apple cart there because I thought London City Lionesses were going to win, and they ended up losing. And the gap between them and Liverpool at that time, I think it was six points, could have been three, and it just widened there, and it just kind of it the the boat sailed away from them um, in terms of them putting the pressure on Liverpool towards the end. But you know, it happens. This league is a very, very strange thing. Uh, another London derby. Charlton at home to London City Lionesses. Now, London City Lionesses would, would have been desperate to get three points, right? Desperate. Seeing what was happening elsewhere. Crystal Palace playing on a Saturday night. Really like the atmosphere, actually. Saturday night kickoff. I liked it. You know, It, it was fun. The shame of it was we had people missing because they were trying to get back from Manchester. Yeah, exactly. So I know, but right. I thought, right. you, you, yeah, you don't get you nice. don't get many games under the lights, and it was quite fun. Yeah, but... really nice, and um, and uh, not not too cold, and that's for someone who turned up without um a jacket. I won't say who. Um, me. Uh, I did. <laughs> <I, yeah. laughs> yeah. uh, but London City Lionesses win this game by four goals to three. An entertaining game, but also a very physical battle, and I, I think I think. When you look back, they would have been upset about losing to Crystal Palace. They would have obviously finished in second, thought that they could go one better this season. How you start this league or your campaign is really important and you don't want goals against. And to get a win is great, but to concede three, they won't necessarily be happy with that. So, you know, you can they've moved up the table um, off from the zero points. But to concede three in a game that they probably would have wanted to to win more comfortably will be slightly concerning for them. But they get they get the they get the point. They'll get the point, should I say? So um, a really intense game, and it looked like that that no one seemed to have time on the ball. 
it was one of those battle games. No one seemed to really control it for periods where they're passing it around. You could see patterns of play. It seems like every three or four passes, there someone's been closed down. There was a tackle. The ball was like a hot potato at times. Um, and uh, yeah, it doesn't matter again, how you never, get across the line. Go on, sorry. Uh, again, they're a never good team, London City. You know, as you say, yeah. finished second last season. Um, did the double over slush. I think mean, since they be. Since they broke away from being Millwall and became London yeah. City, we hadn't beaten them until last week, mm. uh, and they had chances last week. You know, being re- being a realist, the first twenty minutes they were all over us, and yeah. they had a couple of hit the bar, and in the second half they had a couple of glorious chances where post. I'm not really post, sure how they missed. Yeah, they should have also yeah. been down to ten. I'm not going to lie, their number fourteen could have been sent off twice. In that, who in that who was that again? Half. The fourteen was that um, um, left back? Oh, no, she was playing centre back. Um, she did the she did the Ooh. foul on Chloe Peplow that injured her. Oh right! right. But yeah, if you watch the, if you watch yeah. Izzy's goal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whilst Izzy's running in to knock the ball in, she's on the yeah. floor shoving her foot up into Izzy's leg, trying to basically yeah. boot Izzy's thigh with a yeah from the ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the, that so, referee uh, didn't want to give any. She gave yeah. a stick because she kept doing up her shoelaces about fifteen times. Yeah, in the yeah, game. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that, that, that referee didn't want to give anything. That yeah. referee didn't want to give anything at all. I mean, I mean, the challenges were quite fierce in that game, to be fair. And um, even when I thought they were fouls, the referee just went play on, which, but you know, you know, kind of reminded me yeah. when I was a kid. <laughs> but as I say, they are London City are a good team. Not many people. I mean, I thought we managed to get something there. You know, yeah. not many people are going to go to. Not many teams are going to go to, to Dartford and win. And yeah, you know, as you say yesterday, they would have been. Frustrated, they'd have been desperate to get the points, and you know, and but at the same time, Karen Hills will probably be furious that they've conceded four at home. So exactly. that is a competitiveness of this league that it's, um, you know, there's a lot of teams that are, you know, will, that will feel they can be the one to go up this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I, I'm not going to try and say teams are going to lose games but it'd be very difficult to go through this campaign without losing a game oh yeah at the very absolutely. least you know at least at least losing a game or or drawing a game where you where you believe that you should have won because you know as we've seen previously in the last season the competition is going to be fierce the the skill level the tactical awareness and know-how has improved from last season the level of player has improved Players are more focused in terms of what they need to do in their training. And it's just going to be, it's going to be really, really tight. It's going to be really tight. I and mean, it makes it interesting, but it's going to be tight, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I think I think the league has really benefited from two things. One is uh, the the wider kind of scouting that teams are doing now. Like with us, we brought in Polly from Melbourne. You know, Izzy came mm. over from America. Other teams are doing the same thing. But mm. also... The quality level in the WSL, even over the last few seasons, has improved. Where not only the top teams there, but all the teams throughout the league are bringing in better and better talent. Because our first couple of seasons in this league, we when you could pick up a player from the WSL at that time, they were players who'd possibly just gone up, were never getting in a WSL team, mm. and were coming straight back down again. And I think sometimes not necessarily because people working part time, let's say the motivation was there, but it was of a certain skill level. Whereas now the teams, the players that are coming into the w, into the championship teams are regular players in, who've played, got, you know, tons of games under their belt at, at WSL level, been very good players there. 
but because the quality is now so high, there just isn't the space for them. So I think you yeah. know that the constant increase of quality in the squads at that level has really benefited the championship, along with more clubs backing their teams now and yeah. um, enabling to go out and get these players. But I think 100% we are seeing it. And I mean, last year was competitive as hell. This year, what what on paper, and I think it will be in reality, what what a competitive league it will be. And imagine if you had playoffs. <laughs> which is what we said last season. Imagine if there was playoffs in this league. Last, last season, I think it would have been a playoff. Oh. would have been us versus Bristol City and London City versus... Charlton. Durham, uh, versus Charlton. I mean, what Charlton. two great semi-finals they would have been. Yeah, been that would have incredible. been... Honestly, that would have been... Oh, gosh. I mean, to be honest... That final game... There'd have been about yeah. four teams that thought they would have been able, they would have been able to mathematically yeah. get that last spot. What a, that that is what yeah. you need because it's, it's almost criminal. We were saying, and obviously we, we said it kind of because we're, we're possibly going to be involved in it. But you look at the teams this season and the fact that only one can go up. Well, it's just it's just mad. It's well, I'll tell you what, it's criminal. And I've had a real moan before on this pod, and I've been really blatant, and I'm just think I'm going to tone it down. You know, it's the powers that be, and it, there's there's a lot of talk about what you know the legacy of of the Euros and what we need to do. And we've heard you know Alex Scott and Ian Wright talk about what needs to happen with the WSL and more investment, etc. The Championship is there, the, the the National League is there. There are there are football players beyond the WSL, and yep. and the FA for all the willing in the world seem to be walking around with their hands tied behind their back, looking at their shoes, saying, we're doing everything we can, but they're not. Because you've had ideas, I've had ideas, there are other people I speak to on different podcasts that have had ideas about how you can expand the game. I said last year, any team that finished in the top four could have been promoted to the WSL this season. Could have gone to 16 teams. Easy. Not a problem. Yeah. Palace could have gone up. London City's Alliance, everyone could, all the top four could have gone up and then competed in the WSL and then used the teams from the National League to come up and fill the gap. It's not hard. No. I think I think eventually it's going to take, obviously Barclays sponsored this year, it's going to take something like what they've done with the Premier League where they're going to go, look, we're going to move X amount of teams up, we're going to increase the size of the tables. But you're right, not enough to do being done. I mean, just one of those silly things, but for me, that, that Euros trophy, that should be touring around every ground possible. You should be able to turn up. Do you know what I mean? Like, for example, no. this, this weekend, you should be able to go to Hayes Lane and they've got a little, they've got like a, a picture up of the team lifting the trophy and the trophy's there and you get your photo with it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because you know, that yeah. kind of thing, people are going to want to come and see the trophy. You're trying to say to, to young girls coming along, this is, you can do this. This is, you can live that dream. And, and we've got it now in, in um, just to very quickly mention, sorry, that we're going on, but... No, uh, Cole, please Shauna, do. Shauna Guyette, who came yeah. on on Saturday. Yeah. She is a Palace fan. She's been a Palace yeah. fan all her life. Her dad's yeah. a Palace fan. She grew up on the terraces watching Palace play. She's come from Chelsea's academy and she joined us. She's only 17. She's uh, an England under 17. Good for her. Uh, I think she's in the under-19s now. She's been called up to that. But she, for me, is the epitome of the dream that we should be selling in the women's game, which is that you can, you know, this is someone who's supported their team all their life. And she's run out on Saturday for a home debut for that team. 
and we've all sung she's one of our own. And that kind of moment, that is what hasn't existed in women's football for so long because that pathway's never been there and people have not given people, you know, young kids the opportunity to do it. It's there now and that is what we need to be pushing. She is a, a shining example for that and I'm going to be doing an interview with her at some point about that Excellent. because I think it's a, it's a story that needs to be told. And as I say, I just think, you know, we need to be saying, just take the trophy to the grounds. Make the most of, we're champions. Make the most yeah, of it and yeah. really push it about. And it's just not, it's not hard, is it? It really yeah, isn't. Well, do you know what? Like you know. They're not, they're not, they're not. Whoever's in charge of their media, right, is not doing their job. That's all I'm saying. The, the, the person who runs the Lionesses Twitter deserves they need, They're on a... They're, they they're are never level, and every, everyone, because Chloe Milgram's taken over for us now, and mm. in like three weeks, she's done more than I think it's ever been done in the last in the four years previous on our Twitter. But yeah. so many clubs, just nothing, not enough is done. And the Lioness's Twitter page has been absolutely sublime, not only for the tournament, but since it, you know, mm. and they should that whoever's running that should be like the shining example for every team that should, should go there, media people, and go, we want this. This mm. is how you do it. They were, you know, informative, fun, constantly reminding. It was just great that their account was just super. Because fans, we want content. We've got social media now. We've got all these avenues to see stuff. We want to know who these players are. Where have they come from? What have they done? We want to see stuff like silly competitions they're doing at trainings. You, you, you want you want to be able to go there and relate to those players and know who they are. Because we, we, we get it from the men's game, don't we? You mm. know, you, you get that kind of stuff. But with a women's game, a lot of people don't know who the players are. We want to know. Yeah. Tell us. You want to I know. want to see them doing stuff. I want to. See, we want to see more than just them on the pitch because that is how you build that bond with them. You know, and I think that's how for those of us who have got the diehard fans, we're there anyway. We love those players, and we'll do anything for them. Yeah. But when you're trying to bring in people who are giving women's football to get a first, you know, a chance for the first time, and who are perhaps are a bit skeptical about it, or they'll go, "Well, I get all you know X amount of quality." Uh, from the men's game, it's like saying, "Well, I've got a, you know, I've got an Xbox for compared to the old Amstrad in terms of quality." You know, I, so I pick the Xbox, but you you've got to give people a little bit of something. Everything's always hidden stats. Why? I mean, we, we don't we don't seem to know any stats. You're not no one seems to want to tell information about the game. Tell us. Yeah. We want to know. And then we, yeah. We'll put it out there to everybody. We'll tell other people. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 even the team formation when the fixtures and you look in the team and it's just a list and you're thinking, well, what's the formation? Yeah. Although in all fairness, amount, amount of times you'll see that, you know, BBC and Sky and they'll put the men's formation out and you go, it's, it's what's wrong. the right back at striker? <laughs> 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 yeah, we've, got, we've got four goalkeepers in this lineup for some reason. What's going on? So uh, it's, it's laziness, I think. Outside yeah. of the top teams, and it happens in both the men's and, and the women's game, outside yeah. of the top teams, people aren't bothered. So pundits don't do research. So they turn up. Okay. I remember you'd watch Paul Merson talking about our, our Palace game, and he'd be saying, "Oh, they, they'll be typically they'll do this," and I think we haven't done that for four years. Yeah, because people aren't bothered if it's not the big team. So in the in the women's game, if it's not Arsenal, Chelsea, City, people just aren't wanting to put the work in at the moment, and it needs I, to. It's got to be throughout because yeah. that's how you that's, you you've got to sell the whole thing, haven't you? Because yeah. that's how people care. You care about the WSL if you care about if you care about the championship then that's even bigger because then the teams go up, that's going to mean something. You know, and then when they're in the WC, they go, well, I know that team. They did this this last season. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah. 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 Ad- advocates of the championship have been for a very long time. 
you know, very, very long time. I, I love the I love the league. I love the teams in the league. And I love the fact that I can go and watch a game and, and, and have an idea and think, oh, this team's going to win. And then just leave thinking, well, I didn't expect that to happen. You know, and that's what yeah. I can take from football. And 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 this is the. I mean, we're going to come to the end, Mike. I, I've got a question that I Go saw on Twitter, and it was, and it kind of, I I wrote something, and it and it sparked a little kind of Twitter conversation between a number of people. I like to go to a game, and because I'm not necessarily emotionally attached to every team, I am in a particular way. But I can see when a team loses, I can think, well, that player played well. That's where they what they did well. I can see things in in without being too upset, if you know what I mean. Because when you lose, you're as a fan, you lose. You you kind of always too negative than opposed to being balanced. Ruins the weekend. Um, it ruins the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Which is, I I feel I'm in a really great place where I can say I can watch any team. I don't, you know, if you win, great. If you don't, I'm not going to die or anything. What what are the benefits? And this is a question for you, but I think for those that do listen to this, what are the benefits of telling a player they didn't play well? And if you're you're a fan, like we're on this platform, and we've talked about players who have done well, and we've talked about players who don't know how good they can be. Um, we've talked about formation. We've talked about what teams might not have done, but we've not said that that player didn't play well. And if you go to a game, and you're in the stands. And you go to a player after the game and you see them and you think, I, I mean, what's the benefit of telling them they didn't play well? Surely there is no benefit or is there a benefit? No, I think realistically, we all will get it. Then we will get, we watch games and you think, oh my God, this person was terrible. Why have we done that this game? It's natural, isn't it? But I've never understood when people boo off the team, never done it. Yeah, You're not going to achieve anything. You know, I think, I don't think you should be, I don't believe in if someone's, had an awful, awful game and Gallant goes, oh, you were brilliant. What a performance. I don't believe in that because no one's going to learn anything from that. But I think if you're going up to a player and like with social media, and go, oh, you were terrible, you were this, that, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to achieve anything, especially at the moment with the levels of the women's game because, do you know what, they've got enough stuff around the game that's desperate to knock them for X, Y and Z. Yeah. You know, everyone, people just there's so many people just desperate to to criticise the women's game at all levels. Your own fans coming up and and just what what you're not gaining anything from that at all. The whole point is encourage. We want to encourage the players. We want to support the players. I've seen Palace lose a billion times in my lifetime. Even even just in the women's game, the first, I think we won like two games in our first season up. You know, we were getting hammered by everybody because our team was built for a tier below. It's taken us this long. That's why, like now, I'm like I talk about it all day long. If it's winning because it's new, but we've never kind of turned around. Like if you listen to our pods, we don't we don't sit there. We have our own opinions mm. and stuff, mm. but we're not going to go go on a pod and go, "Oh, X player, oh, they were shocking, weren't they? Oh, they were benefits nothing. It doesn't achieve mm. anything other than well, we've vented our frustrations. Doesn't benefit the team. Doesn't benefit the player. Doesn't benefit the poor performances. What we, the better thing to do is to be like, look. We weren't great, but this player can do this, this, and this. As you say, we, we, you know, as we said when we discussed it, Izzy, you know, when she came in last season, the type, the player that she was then, the player that she is now, phenomenal increase. Doesn't mean yeah. she was poor last season. Yeah, she was adapting and stuff. It's it's providing that support, isn't it? And saying, do you know what? Yeah. It wasn't a great game today, but 
we you you can you've got so much capability. You can do this. You keep your chin up. You know, we're not knocking the players. Isn't gonna isn't gonna achieve anything. And it, we 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 do it all the time in this country. Do we build a player up just to then spend years and years trying to destroy them? And it always ends the one way. Yeah, you know, and yeah. that's what it's one of the great things with women's football is there is less of that. Well, I'm you know? so glad you said that, and I'm hoping that that doesn't become like the central theme of being a, a fan of the women's game. I want it to be, I want more people to be like me and you, where you can say, you know what, didn't win today, wasn't great, but we know what you can do. And, and you just and, take it from there. And do you know what as well is, the, I because we, you know, I've, we've had players on the pod, uh, sometimes get the chats to them after the games, mm. and they would tell, they would tell you themselves. If they don't, yeah. if they come out, they'll come off and say, do you know what, we we, I wasn't great today, wasn't my best. They'll yeah. tell you. Yeah. They know. So you used to go, oh, you were, you know, this, that, and the other, and going off on a tirade, but that's not going to achieve anything. They, no. they know how they performed. Dean and Marzi Frost, you know, the, the managers, they're going to tell them. Yeah. And then they can go and work on it. Our role, the cues, clue is in the name, is a supporter. Yeah. You know, we have our frustrations. Well, we talk to our mates about our frustrations. That's what we do. And then, you know, to the team, we go, yeah, yeah you know, let's back you. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's how it should be for me. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Listen, sir, we've literally run to time. I only thought we was going to do 10 minutes. There yeah, no. <laughs> I, gonna, I can't. On topic I like, I can't stop talking. So we're winning at the moment, so I'm just buzzing. So. No, no, it's really good that you were able to come on. Thank you. for, And I hope you, you can come back on at some point in the season and we can we'll have a, another chat. It'd be really great. Absolutely. And uh, thank, well, thank you for inviting me on. I was... No, 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 no. Of course, I was always due to. I just felt now, you know, would be a great time right at the beginning of the season as well so that we can kind of look at things in the early days and go, oh, yeah. do you remember when we talked about that? Um, because um, sometimes you can see a, 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 a team play and you think they're actually part of a runaway train. Let's talk about it now before it picks up speed. And um, I'm just excited, um, not just about Palace, but about the league. I'm excited about the league and I'm excited about the games that are coming up and, and, and what will unfold. So, yeah. Well, I mean, say, we're away to Birmingham next. What a hell of a game that is. That Listen, I didn't even want to ask you predictions. You said you're doing your predictor league, so I'll leave that to you. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't got to that yet. I've got to scratch my head about that one. <laughs> oh, look, I'm going to leave that to you. I'm going to say thanks a lot to everyone who's watched. This is On and Off the Pitch. I'm Rodney. That's Mike. And uh, until next time, we'll see you all very, very soon. Laters.